This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Welcome to Post to Post. I am your host, Anthony Cavaretta. Alongside me is Jason Glickman. Nick Matina is off tonight. And Jason, how are we doing tonight? Doing pretty good, Anthony. Are you ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs? Is that even a question? I am so ready for this. All right. Now, 32, 31 teams. We're down to 16. And we're going to go division by division, matchup by matchup, and see who we got taking it. All the way to the Stanley Cup Final. Now, the first game we have up is the Washington Capitals versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Who do you got? Oh, wow. Um, Well, if you had told me one year ago today that Grubauer would be the starting goalie for the Washington Capitals in Game 1 in the Stanley Cup playoffs, I would have said, you're lying. I would have said, you're crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I would have said that you are crazy. But now I think that Grubauer is going to quarterback this Washington Capitals team to a 4-1 to victory, five games over the Jackets. Really? I think it would be six. I think that the Jackets could at least come out with two games, especially being home for, for half the series. But I don't think it'll be a sweep. And I think, do you think this is the last chance for the Washington Capitals to make noise? What do you mean by last chance to make noise? Well, as as a hockey fan, the Capitals have been, they have said, oh, we are the greatest team in the National Hockey League. We have had President's Trophy after President's Trophy. And every year, second round elimination. Second round elimination. First round elimination sometimes if they get that lucky. But do you think that if the Capitals don't win it this year, do you think that's it? Um... I think they still have a couple more years. Do you know, uh, I don't know how many years uh, Ovechkin's got left, but I think that as long as they have Ovechkin on their team, they're going to be around and they're going to be making noise. I, um, I agree with you, but I just don't see it. I, I think the Capitals are just... Mm. It, to me, the Capitals are a team that if they don't win now, they're going to they're gonna be in the same situation as the Rangers. They're not going to win now. They're going to have to rebuild at least to beat the teams such as Pittsburgh and everybody. I think they will win this series in six games. That's because I don't think the Jackets can overcome the power of the Capitals just yet. I think they're a few pieces away from doing that. Do you agree? Yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Blue Jackets are a team that aren't bad enough to tank and get a good draft pick, but they're not good enough to make a run deep into the playoffs. I think the the Blue Jackets are like your standard first round exit team, like the the traditional cookie cutter team that you just say, all right, this team is going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to make it very far. Kind of like the Philadelphia Flyers. Which I will use that as a segue into our next segment. This matchup, the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Philadelphia Flyers. This is the battle for Pennsylvania. And oh boy, if this is anything that like their matchup back in 2012, <laughs> this will be a war. It's going to be a wild one. I'm looking I'm looking very forward to seeing this series go the distance. Now, who do you have in winning this this matchup? Well, I just said that the Flyers aren't really a team made for deep playoff runs, so I'm not going to go back on my word now and I'm going to have to say Pittsburgh in 7 games. In 7 games. I will agree with you on that only because to me the Flyers do not have A plus goaltending 
for this series. You know what? As much as you want to bring up the points about how their goal, their number one goalie, I think it is, um, is it Elliot? Didn't they make the trade for Mrazek? Yeah, Mrazek is their backup, though. I think it's still Elliot. But I believe it is Elliot. He okay. He got a shutout against the Rangers, five to nothing. Well, that was the last game of the season when the Rangers. You could tell they weren't even trying. Exactly. So to say that the Flyers have a goaltender to um, make it all the way, I I don't think so. The only th- the only reason that I can see the Flyers coming out on top in this, and that all depends on the Pittsburgh Penguins defense. The defense of the Pittsburgh Penguins is significantly weaker than the last two defensive cores that they had last two years, and those two and those two won them back-to-back Stanley Cups. Now, yes, you have a healthy Crystal Tang, but is that enough? It, the pairings have been shaken up a little bit since the trade deadline. Is it enough to overcome the Flyers and possibly move on for a three-peat? I mean, you also have Dumoulin. Dumoulin and Latang together. On that's the, one line. That's one line, but you can you can give them thirty minutes of ice time each. They're very durable in that sense. Uh, they're not your typical uh, just special teams defensemen. They're they're good on special teams. They're good on five on five. And if it goes to overtime, you have them for overtime. They're not just uh, throw them out for thirty seconds, take them back. But they're, it's not. They put them on the ice, leave them on the ice. This is not one game. This is seven games. It's it's not one game. You get tired very easily. I think that their other defensemen like Mata, Schultz, they're going to step up when they have to. We will see. And also, Matt Murray. You don't have the safety blanket this year, Marc-Andre Fleury. He's in another matchup. But do you think that Matt Murray, even with the craziness been going on, you know, he's had a little bit of an off season. do you think that he will be good enough to get them through not only Philadelphia but even further he has to like there's no other question if he doesn't do that then what are you left with you're left with Casey DeSmith I mean that's not really the best the best blanket for you like you just said safety blanket that's that's not a safety blanket that's a a do or die blanket I agree Matt Murray needs to come up huge for this there's no if ends or buts about it anymore the Penguins are going to have to be the Pittsburgh Penguins they have been the last two years to make it to give themselves a shot for the three-peat now let's say we both pick the Capitals and the Penguins will history repeat itself if these two meet up in the second round you gotta say yeah I I mean I'm not really a big fan of how they do that of how the NHL does this with the uh I'm not a big fan as to how the NHL uh, organizes their brackets in a sense that every year you're going to keep on seeing the Penguins play the Capitals in the second round. Uh, I have to agree with you on that. I this is the not. third time, and it's just going to, it's the third, fourth, I've lost count as to how many times <laughs> it's been because every year, Penguins, Capitals, second round, it's going to keep on, we're going to keep on seeing the same results. That's that's the reason. Honestly, I think that is the reason why the Penguins did have that great shot to be back to back champions, and they did. And why I think, again, that they have a good chance to actually three-peat is because the NHL's system now for making the playoffs is I'm going to see the same guys, and it's going to be the same matchup. I agree with you. I don't think that the Capitals have changed that much since last season to make to be better than Pittsburgh. It's just not going to happen. I think that the Pittsburgh Penguins will once again defeat the Washington Capitals in the second round and go 
to the conference final. I now, mean, the only time that we won't see that matchup happen again is if Washington or Pittsburgh either doesn't make the playoffs or ends up in the second wild card spot, which obviously is not going to happen because Washington and Pittsburgh are currently right now dynasties, if you want to call it that, behind Crosby, behind Ovechkin, and they're going to keep on meeting up in the playoffs. So the only way that I think the NHL can avoid that is if they go back to the one versus eight two versus seven regardless of their division i agree with that because the system now is just it's a mess because how many times are you going to push um c crosby versus ovechkin you know it's it's yes it's a rivalry yes you see it five you see it five times a year you don't need to see it more yeah exactly unless it comes down to like the eastern conference finals which in that case yes let's see it that's good hockey yeah moving on to the metro division and i one and a matchup that Atlantic. I know you're looking forward to, but the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New Jersey Devils. Who you got? See, I want the Devils to win, but I also don't want to be wrong. <laughs> so I am going to say Lightning seven. Lightning in seven. That is a bold prediction, Jason. You really think the Devils can drag out the lightning this this lightning team that is is so stacked i think if anybody in the east can beat the lightning it's the devils if you look at this season his this season's history i know regular season doesn't matter uh, it's playoffs it's a whole different story yes i know but the beginning of the season the tampa bay lightning look absolutely unstoppable they only lost like what one or two games in the first three weeks of the season one of those was to the devils the Devils made the Lightning look like absolute garbage on the ice. Yeah, but that was before the trade deadline. That was before the and trade deadline. Assets. But Major even assets. even so, the Devils played the Lightning just a few weeks ago, and they also Keith Kincaid stopped almost everything that was that was thrown at him. Oh, King Kincaid! Don't you love that man? I love Keith Kincaid. <laughs> he's just um, he's the Devils' Lord and Savior right now. Um, the Devils are not where they are right now without Taylor Hall and without Keith Kincaid. Those are the two key players that have brought them to where they need to be. But do you trust King Kincaid to bring you all the way to the final? If I'm the Devils, I think that you you trust Keith Kincaid to bring you as far as he can. And once Keith Kincaid doesn't have that that hotness that he's been riding so far... You throw Corey into the fire, and if Corey can't survive, then you then you just sink. You really think that Corey, Corey Schneider once a long time ago was the successor to Martin Brodor? Yes. What happened to him? Corey Schneider just he got injured, and I think that once he got injured, he said to himself, he said, "I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be really good." And he came back, and he got absolutely slapped on the ice. And it was right. It was actually a really bad time for him to come back because when the Devils needed him most, he was injured. He was on the sideline. Keith Kincaid couldn't stop. He couldn't even catch a cold. Like he was having pucks thrown to him. He wasn't. He had no mobility across the crease. He could not lift his arm above his above his uh, shoulder. And Keith and Keith Kincaid was the only thing there. And then Kincaid got injured. But Corey Schneider, when Corey Schneider came back, Kincaid was hot. So the margin of error for Corey Schneider was so tiny that when he came out against the San Jose Sharks, I believe it was, and he gave up three goals, it was like, that's it. And then he got benched by Ray Shiro, which is not going to help you. And then he got in his own head, and then ever since then, he's just been winless. He hasn't gotten a whole, he hasn't gotten a single win since the start of the calendar year. So now, looking to the matchup, 
the Tampa Bay Lightning, this is a stacked team. And stacked is even playing it lightly. They have such a massive core, especially the defensive end, especially picking up Ryan McDonough and, you know, bringing him with his old, his old line mate, Dan Girardi. And those two guys have had the devil's number for a while now. Well, you think that'll come into a factor in in, in this matchup? I believe so, yeah. The chemistry and the know-thy-enemy type approach that they're definitely going to be taking here, like Tampa Bay Rangers, let's be honest. I think that the the Lightning do have a very good chance against the Devils. I think it's going to come down to how each team plays in their opponent's arenas. I can agree with you on that. I think the atmosphere, especially in Newark and especially down in Tampa, those are going to be major things. And we are going to take a break. When we come back, we will be talking about the rest of the East Coast matchups and the West Coast Conference matchups. You've been, you are listening to Post to Post on WCWP.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on WCWP.org. I am your host, Anthony Cavaretta, filling in for Nick Matina tonight, and I am joined alongside Jason Glickman. Now, Jason, we're still talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New Jersey Devils, and I have a question for you. Is Tampa burnt out? It it seems like it. I mean, if you want to be honest, uh, Vasilevsky seems like he's just lost all of his fire. Uh, Last couple weeks of the season, he's played almost every game for Tampa. I mean, if you... If you look at how many games he's played, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. I want to say in his in the 60s. Well, um, I, I don't think they're burned out. I think that, as we said it last show, I'll say it again. Um, I do not think they're burnt out because this is that time of the year when they, they were allowed to drop off. They had what they needed. They made the playoffs. Well, they, they, played they the just first barely got that first, got that first, uh, first spot in the I think if you're Tampa Bay, that doesn't matter. In the uh, Atlantic, yeah. I think if it was either the Devils or the Leafs, it wasn't going to matter. But the Devils have given you nightmares all all season. Yeah, but you're with, winless against the Devils. I don't think that you, I don't, as the as the Lightning, I don't think that you would want to face a team that you haven't been able to beat all season. But then again, you have anything can happen. There are three things you need to win a playoff series: a hot goalie, Lady Luck. And skill, and I think right now Tampa has more skill, Tampa has more luck, and I think they have a better goaltender. Well, you said hot goalie, and if you want a hot goalie, there's no goalie hotter right now than Keith Kincaid. He's got the most wins in the NHL since February. Well, you have that. You have Taylor Hall. You have Taylor Hall. You have the speed between Michael Grabner, Miles Wood, you have Blake Coleman, who is so underrated. You have Travis Zajac, who's just been doing his thing since day one. This entire season, even like the past couple of seasons that the Devils haven't been winning, Travis Zajac has been there. He's been the rock since 2012. And then we also have Stefan Nason. All these players that you never hear anything about because we have Taylor Hall overshadowing them, they've been doing a lot of the work too. When Taylor Hall doesn't score, which I know, Taylor Hall not scoring, but when Taylor Hall doesn't score, the Devils still find a way to score. Like, it's not just Taylor Hall. He has a team around him. But yet Tampa Bay has even more of a team. 
They have four lines that can produce constantly. You have Kucherov. If he continues to stay hot, that's dangerous. And if you don't have a guy to cover him, especially on the Devils' defense, if you don't have a guy to cover him, he will run circles around you. Sammy Vatnin. Really? Sammy Vatnin. I got to be honest. I did not like the trade at first, but ever since he's begun to produce, like he went pointless for the first two or three weeks that he was on the Devils. But ever since then, he has just been so solid defensively. He's been going out there for 25 to 30 minutes a game. Like that's just so impressive to see a defenseman. And defensemen nowadays are so hard to come by. How many well, unless, good defensemen? Unless you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, you, the have, Tampa you Bay have three lines of purebred defensemen. And you know, I think overall, I do not give the Devils seven. I give them five or six. I think you're underestimating them, but I respect that. You respect it as a Devils fan. As a Devils fan, I respect that. As a hockey fan, I agree with that. But as a Devils fan, um, I'm gonna have to disagree. Well, at least you're not NHL Network saying the Devils will win in four. I, if the <laughs> Devils win in four, I don't want to say anything because it's a possibility, but it's not going to happen. Moving on. Moving on. Bruins and Maple Leafs. This matchup, I think, is going to be it's the Pittsburgh, it's the Pittsburgh-Philly matchup for the Atlantic Division. I think it's going to be very close. I see this going to six or seven, and I see the Bruins coming out on top. Now, for that, it is a clear-cut matchup of the Bruins being veterans, knowing how to play in the playoffs, and the Leafs finally coming to their own as a youth youth powerhouse in the East. Now, to me, for the Leafs, it's do-or-die Austin Matthews. You need to make sure he is open 95% of the 100% of the time so that he can get the puck and just do what he does best and score. You want him to stay the heck away from Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand, probably the dirtiest player in the league by far. He's already been suspended and fined probably four or five times this season. Actually affected a player from the New Jersey Devils, where he elbowed Marcus Johansson in the face. But Marcus, excuse me, Brad Marchand is really underrated as a player. All that stuff that he does just really takes away from his worth as a player. But I think that if he does what he's been doing, I'm not saying that I would like it, but if he does injure somebody big on the Maple Leafs. Like Nylander or Matthews or Marlowe. Exactly. Or like even gets in their heads, then that would be devastating to the Maple Leafs because the Maple Leafs right now, all of their pieces are in place. It's perfect for them. So if they lose one, it's over. I can see that. And I can see the youth movement, which has been so prominent for the Leafs. You take out one gear, it won't work. Exactly. Even with Babcock smarts behind the behind the bench, it's still. And if Marchand does something dirty and he gets suspended for it, it doesn't make a difference because the Bruins have so many weapons, so many tools. They don't just depend yeah, on we Brad can't, Marchand. We can't forget the Bruins have been the hottest team since the trade deadline. And they only made one or two moves. And actually Rick Nash will play tomorrow night. So that's another scoring scoring asset for yeah, them. Yeah, they don't need Brad Marchand. They have Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand does a lot. They don't need him. So where do you think... I think they're going to go. I think we see Bruins in six or Bruins in seven. We're definitely going to see Bruins. 
Bruins, no matter what. You don't see Maple Leafs coming out at all on this. I don't, don't think the youth movement triumphs. See, it's the same thing as the Devils. They just don't have the experience. In a couple years, if they're still together as a team, they'll destroy everybody. But right now, they don't have the experience for the playoffs. That's a big thing. It's a, it's a totally different atmosphere. In the arenas, in your own arena, it's a lot more electric. If you're not ready for it and you come out, you're, you you won't be prepared. You'll lose. All right, so you see in the second round, Lightning Bruins. Who do you have for that? Lightning. Really? Lightning. And no, no. Lightning no. and four? Lightning and five? Lightning and four? Five. Lightning and five. Bold statement by you, Jason. A bolt statement. Bolt statement. Ah, I got that one. That's a good one. What about you? Ah, this one for me is a coin toss because the Lightning are hot and they have depth. The Bruins, if they can come out of this series, especially quick against the Leafs, and then play them in the second round, I would immediately throw it to the Bruins because the light they've played the Lightning. I think they played them twice after the trade deadline when the when the Bruins got very hot, and I think they beat them both times. Now. They have their number, it seems like. So I would ass- I would think Bruins in seven because these two teams know how they play, they know how good they are, and they are not going to lay down and die for, for, the, for the opponent so they could just walk into the conference final. Would this be the first Lightning-Bruins matchup in a couple years? Because I, I don't remember previous years, but I feel like we've seen this before. I believe we have. I don't believe it's been as prominent as, let's say, Washington-Pittsburgh. Because what we're seeing right here is the the one seed playing the two seed, the one seed playing the two seed. I think I'd rather see the Lightning play the Penguins or the Lightning play the Capitals than the Lightning playing the Bruins as a hockey fan. I don't want to see. I'd rather see them split it up and reseed after the first round. That will not happen. They do not reseed. I wish they did. Well, you can go get you can go chalk that up to Mr. Gary Bettman, but if we both had our way, and what would your ideal conference f- conference final matchup be for the East? I don't think that any of the East teams has a chance against the Predators, but which we will get to the which we West Conference matchups in, in a little bit, less than ten seconds actually. But I think that I would see. Penguins, Lightning. Lightning over the Penguins in you, five, you think it's the in lightning, six. You think it's the Lightning that crushes the three-peat dreams? Yes. I will agree with you on that because if there's anybody that's going to take down the big, bad Penguins, it's going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now let's go over to the West. The West, which has been, I think we can say, one heck of a ride this for the last 82 games. You know, who's in, who's out, whose story is great, who's not. Now the first matchup, the Nashville Predators, the defending Western Conference champions, and the President's Trophy winners this season. So they have home ice advantage throughout the playoffs, no matter how far they make it, against the Cinderella story of the Colorado Avalanche. Last place to playoff contingency. Who do you got? Well, you look at the Avalanche, and you're like, Nathan McKinnon. And then you look at the rest of the team, and you're like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? You have no goaltending. What do you have defensively? So you have a team that just scraped their way into the playoffs in game 82. They were, they've were they been fighting this whole season. So 
yes, Cinderella story, successful in the playoffs? I don't think so. I think they get smacked by the Predators. Avalanche really don't have any goaltending. I think that the Predators win this one in four. I will agree with you. I think the Predators are extremely hungry. When you take a second, when you take a Stanley Cup final loss the season after, you are hungry. You really, really do want that cup because you, you were so close and yet so far. You really I, turned the Predators. Well, I don't believe there's anybody else in the Western Conference who can stand up to them. I think for at least the central division of the bracket, there's gonna there's no one else who can defeat them. Maybe, maybe Winnipeg. But I can see the Nashville Predators at least walking into the Stanley Cup final. Speaking of Winnipeg, Winnipeg Wild, who you got? I got the Jets in five. I want to see the Whiteout rise and I want to see the Whiteout go far. Yet fall to the Predators in the second round. I didn't say it would be that far. All I said is I wanted them to go far. Yeah. That could be one round. I think that the Jets are a very good story. Coming from almost nothing, the Jets have been terrible the past couple years. Well, they still have had that great Atlanta stench to them. Yes. But they've, recently, they've been executing on all cylinders. and Very are. scary to face. Very scary to face. I think the Wild don't stand a chance. Winnipeg, I think it's five games. Winnipeg, I'm going to say either four or six. Four or six. You're not even going for five. You're skipping no, five entirely. No, no five. That's you. <laughs> well, besides Stull, who do you really have for the Wild? Parise, if he's healthy. That's it. That's just about it. Against this Winnipeg team, who has, as I said, been firing on all cylinders. Do you really? I don't see them as a playoff threat. I see them as a... No. Well, it's, again, a, it's like the Avalanche. It's like a stepping stone. I would equate um, the Avalanche. I would put them on the same level as the Blue Jackets and the Wild. I think they're all just there because... Nearly pawns. Because the they, they need 16 teams. I don't think that they're good enough to be in the playoffs. Well, I would think... I would think that that's going to happen. And the next matchup, we're going to go right over to the Pacific. And a matchup that I think everybody had a feeling they were going to see, but they weren't sure. Vegas Kings. The Knights versus the Kings. Everyone everyone wanted to see the Vegas Golden Knights go far, but are they a playoff team? That's what you got to ask yourself. When you look at the Vegas Golden Knights, you see a bunch of players quarterbacked by Marc-Andre Fleury, and really? I, I don't think that Vegas is going to make it very far. I think that Vegas, they'll go the distance. I think they'll take the Kings to seven games. I think that the Kings take this one in the seventh game. Really? You yeah. Have no, you, you see Vegas being this beautiful story of Vegas, an expansion team. First expansion team we've had since, I believe, 2000. Now... I will give my opinion on that entire thing when we come back. We were going to take a quick break. <laughs> no, we're not, actually. But, all right. So, Vegas-Kings, a matchup that I've been dying to see, and I think it, if there was a better first playoff series, then, yeah, if there's a better first playoff series for Vegas, I would like to hear the. Uh, I would like to hear what it was. And I think it will be a seven-game series. It'll be a war. I think Vegas has had it has. They have a city on their back. Vegas has had their city. Well, they're, on their they're back. going to have a city on their back until 
until they move or get sold or <laughs> you really have no faith in them staying. I, I don't think that Vegas is going to go very far. I don't think that we see them go much further. I think Ve- I think Vegas takes this in seven. I think the only thing that I can see is the Kings having more playoff experience, leading them to leading 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 Vegas to lose. I think the Kings would have more experience, especially with Jonathan Quick. And this is going to be a battle of the goaltenders. I think really, I think it's going to be it's Flurry versus Quick. Yeah, you look at Jonathan Quick, you look at Anze Kopitar, two people, two players that have were very good this season, but every season that they've gone to the postseason, they've been 10 times as good. They're monsters in the playoffs. So I think that they're just going to show Vegas who's boss, who's king, mm. and they take this one in seven. All right, now the winner of that matchup will play the winner of this matchup, Sharks-Ducks. I got the Ducks in seven. I think this, once again, it's going to be another war, and the winner of this comes down to who wants it more. You know, Sharks have been great since the trade deadline. Evander Kane has been a miracle for them. He has been putting up a great number since he's been traded to, to San Jose, which he would have never gotten in Buffalo. And then you have the Ducks. The Ducks are looking to get back to where they were, and they have the players, and they have everybody healthy, which is a huge thing. So, you know, Kane is still a beast. You think? Do you think that'll continue into the playoffs? Well, playoff Evander Kane is something that we haven't gotten the chance to experience yet. Ever. Ever. Same thing with Taylor Hall. Which we will skip. <laughs> but do you think he can continue I... his his? presence on the Sharks yes. into the playoffs, especially against a Ducks team that has been bred for the playoffs for I, a long time. I do think so. I think that the line of him, Pavelski, and Donskoy, I think that they're all, that that line, just by itself, can win the series for the Sharks. I think the Sharks take this one in five. I think the Ducks can handle Patrick, uh, not Patrick Kane, Evander Kane. Patrick Kane is playing golf right now. <laughs> but I think the Ducks have, they have the assets to halt the Sharks where they are, and move on. Now, on your prediction, it would be Kings-Ducks in the second round. Yes. I think that the Kings take that one. Kings-Predators in the Western Conference Finals, and obviously Predators are going to take that one. And now we're going to quickly look over the three games for tonight because the playoffs start tonight. Wednesday. Tonight. They start. Oh, yeah. the first game. Yeah, they do. Penns-Flyers. 8 o'clock. In Pittsburgh. I think that... Who's got game one? I think that the Pens take this one. I don't think that the Flyers are ready. Flyers just came off of a 5 nothing win against the Rangers on Saturday afternoon. I think that the Flyers are going to be exhausted. Even though they've had three days of rest, I think that the they're in for a rude awakening. In I agree with that. I think the Pens take game one. Wild Jets in Winnipeg. The whiteout. We get to see the whiteout tonight. I'm, I'm ready to see that. I, I'm looking forward to watching the Jets smack around the wild like a ragdoll. I agree with you on that. So we got Pens win one, Wild win one, and the matchup that I'm dying to see. In Las Vegas, Knights-Kings, the T-Mobile arena will be rocking on the Las Vegas Strip. I said Kings take this one in seven. I think we see the Knights jump out to a 3 nothing lead and then lose the next four. Reverse sweep. Reverse sweep. 
that will do it for this edition of Playoff Post to Post. I'm Anthony Cavretta. He's been Jason Glickman. Thank you and have a good night. As the credits all roll down and crying, crying. You know we're playing to a full house. House. No heroes, villains, one to blame. While wilted roses fill the stage and the thrill. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.